Welcome to the Costa del Sol Cafe, a podcast reflecting on contemporary topics in conversation with faith, spirituality, and the arts. This podcast is brought to you by Guy Winter and Daniel Muñoz from their virtual cafe on the Costa del Sol. You can listen to our podcast on Google and Apple Podcasts and on Amazon Music, as well as on the Los Olivos Retreats website. Good morning, Guy. Hello, Danny. How are you? All right, not too bad. We're back here in a Costa del Sol cafe. We are indeed, yes, enjoying a nice coffee. Did you say Costa del Sol? Sol, very good, not Costa del Sol. <laughs> no, although we are in the Costa del Sol. Uh, anyway, today's um, topic is uh, very seasonal, isn't it? It certainly is. We are in the season right now. Many people think this is just coming up, you know, in the next couple of weeks, but for, for many people, this is already happening. Indeed. So, what season are we in? We are going to talk this morning about carnival. Carnival. So, um, carnival, carnival, uh, a, an amazing, really a global phenomenon, isn't it? Uh, mm -hmm. They celebrated in many countries around the world, more than 50 countries around the world. Yep. Predominantly uh, Catholic, but also Protestant only, countries as well. Yes, yes. Uh, yes, you're right. Uh, pre predominantly Catholic, but really is extending now everywhere. Uh, and of course, uh, carnival, when you think about it, I guess one of the things that that I picture in my head is this kind of explosion of color and music and and dance people having lots of fun uh, on the streets uh, freedom yeah all of those things I mean the big images are sort of party floats costumes exuberance music yeah. special types of music as well which we'll talk about um, in a minute absolutely so there is a whole music theme there is a whole uh, mask wearing which we'll also yep. talk about yeah And, and there's a lot of creativity going on, mm -hmm. isn't so it? It's a very creative time of the year. Absolutely. Uh, but carnival is one of those things uh, that uh, has evolved over time. Mm -hmm. And although many of us think that carnival is uh, originally a Catholic uh, festival, yep. I think it goes back a little bit before that. It goes way back before that. And it really isn't, doesn't have its origins in Christianity at all. It is believed, although it's little shrouded in mystery that the carnival festival originated in ancient Egypt Wow! Uh, as a festival about moving from the winter time into the springtime mm -hmm. given the time of year of course in sort of February March time it was celebrated yeah. and that Alexander the Great encountered this um, festival in Egypt when he was in Egypt and brought this festival back to Greece, where the ancient Greeks then started to celebrate this. Wow, so they adopted the, the, this Egyptian festival. Yep, as, as an, <clears throat> still with the same ethos of moving from winter to spring, mm -hmm. and yeah. then eventually, of course, the Romans appropriated it, as they did with all things Greek. <laughs> with everything, yes. yes. They loved and, all, all things Greek. Yep, and that this, again, was the same type of festival within ancient Rome. So it was, it was present all over the Roman Empire. Yes, we presume it was, yes. And then 
After that, of course, Christianity becomes the predominant religion within the Roman Empire. So we're talking third, fourth century. Yes, and that the Christians somewhat appropriated it as well, uh, in in a way, <laughs> as a sort of celebration before um, before the Lent period, which is obviously to do with fasting and you know. Um, yeah, so self-reflection. Self-reflection <clears throat> before yeah. Holy Week and Easter. Preparation for, for Holy Week or Passion Week. Yeah. That's amazing. Okay, so what the Christian Church did, like they did with so many other uh, festivals, which were pre-Christian festivals, what often is known as pagan festivals, yeah. uh, they basically uh, said, well, you know, if people are having fun doing this, mm -hmm. Uh, let's not stop them, mm -hmm. but let's make this fun mean something else. So they filled it with a new meaning. Yes, totally. Okay, so this this would be like Christmas, where they did the same thing with Christmas. Yeah, uh, use a pre-Christian festival and filled it with a new meaning. And of course, it, the church has always done that. And it links in with the Christian calendar as well, uh, with Shrove Tuesday and this kind of eating of all of your home supplies before the this kind of t time of fasting. So it was very kind of convenient to kind of somewhat knit this into the Christian calendar. So now we have this around the world. And of course, some of these carnivals have become absolutely enormous. Absolutely amazing as well. And, but they're all a little bit different. So we're going to talk a little bit about... Okay, t tell us about carnivals. what are the, the three carnivals you want to talk about this morning. Well, there's three stroke four. Okay. So the biggest one, obviously, we're going to talk about is Rio, which... Rio de Janeiro in Brazil. Yes, in Brazil, which tradition or normally attracts up to and over a million visitors per year to its That's carnival amazing. outside of its outside of the rio population itself which is several million yes and we have uh, also the carnivals we have in spain which are quite significant uh, tenerife is meant to be the second or the third largest in the world in the world which is very similar style to the rio um, carnival yeah. and, and attracts over half a million people to the island of Tenerife each That's year amazing. for carnival. That's in Santa Cruz de Tenerife. It uh, is. In the Canary Islands, yeah. And those two are quite similar because they're the big floats, the big kind yeah. of um, costumes, yeah. the headdresses, yeah. the loud music. It's yeah. really party, party, party. And yeah. that's probably what most people think about when they think about carnival. Okay. So that's the Tenerife one. Mm -hmm. um, the, another Spanish one that we want to talk about a little bit is the Cadiz Carnival, which is a very specific type of carnival. Which uh, English people uh, wrongly pronounce Cadiz. Yes. So if you're listening to us here, um, Cadiz is how you should pronounce it. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll talk about that in a minute. And also the very, very famous Venice Carnival, mm -hmm. um, which is again different because it has a very major feature on masks. Absolutely. Talk so about let, that a little bit later. Yeah, let's start with the Rio one, which is Rio is amazing. Rio is amazing, and Rio and the Tenerife carnivals are quite similar. They're the big traditional ones that you think about, the sort of costumes, the big, not hair, the big kind of headdresses, the dancing on the floats, the yeah. kind of parting all night type carnival, yeah. which, you know, appeals to many, many people because they have huge numbers of visitors for both of those carnivals. So that's colour, that's music, that's a lot of dancing on the streets, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. a lot of, you know, burning calories. It's it's real indulgent stuff, isn't it? And it's it's sort of the, it's kind of exuberance and it's kind of hedonism and it's sort of, I don't know, music. 
So one of the things I love about the Brazilian, uh, mm -hmm. with the Rio de Janeiro uh, carnival, is how, you know, in, in, in a way, many other carnivals around the world, people are dressing up and putting masks on. In carnival, they take all their clothes off. They're really just showing their nude bodies, leaving very little room for, for your imagination. Uh, so it's about, I guess, showing the flesh, celebrating, celebrating one's body uh, mm -hmm. in a very sensual and, and sexual way, almost as a statement against uh, a certain... Uh, negative views of the body and of sexuality that the church has traditionally uh, imposed. Yep. So this is a, this is a very sharp contrast here. Mm -hmm. This is a big mm -hmm. statement by a whole population saying, come on, this is not just about us having a party. This is about celebrating being human fully. Yeah. That's interesting, Danny, because this also comes back to the origin name of carnival, which is thought to be from the Latin, carne lavare, which means, what does it mean? It means farewell to meat. Well, that's one of their meanings, isn't it? Yeah. So when people would say, okay, now for Lent, we're not going to have meat. Yeah. We're going to be fasting from meat being a delicatessen. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But carne levare, carne in Latin is not just meat, it's also flesh. Yes. So it's a way where the, the church would say, actually, the flesh is something bad, the body is something bad, mm -hmm. sex is something bad. Therefore, here, you're going to take 40 days of abstinence or anything that gives pleasure to your body. Yeah, food or other things. Yeah, to your senses. Yeah. So okay. that, that, that's kind of, I guess, where the connection with the Brazilian. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, and to come back to the Tenerife Carnival, yes. the Tenerife Carnival is so very similar. It's almost like Europe's answer to the Rio Carnival I think yeah. because you know the format is similar what happens there is similar and, yeah. and you know it's worth noting it because I think not many people know about the Tenerife Carnival but it mm. is significant yeah and then that brings us on to the Cadiz of course before, before we move to mm. Europe uh, just to say that uh, Rio de Janeiro is not the only big carnival in the Americas yep. so in, in South America they also have big carnivals in um, Colombia the, one of the biggest one is Barranquilla mm -hmm. on the Caribbean. Mm -hmm. In the Caribbean, you've got Trinidad and Tobago have yes. fantastic carnivals. Yeah. Well, you've got Mardi Gras as well. Oh, yes, in uh, New Orleans. New Orleans yeah, yeah, in the US. And I think Quebec in Canada has a big, big carnival that's as well. It's meant to be a very large one worldwide as well. So, so that's kind of in, in the Americas. And, and then back in Europe, um, you wanted to talk a little bit about Cadiz? Well, I did want to talk about Cadiz. And maybe you should talk about a bit more about Cadiz <laughs> because it's a very Spanish phenomenon. Yes. This is Carnival, which is we're well into already. I mean, they started this weeks ago. Yeah. Where they use all of the theatres and performance spaces within the city of Cadiz and they prepare for a whole year these amazing plays, which are more like musicals, really, because they're mostly based around songs, aren't they? Yeah. And some dialogue. And you as a Spaniard, tell us about <laughs> how this works and what it's about. Okay, so if you live in Spain or have access to Spanish TV at the moment, at this time of the year, from about the middle of January to the middle of February, you have all these special programs uh, showing the Cadiz uh, Carnival uh, Music Contest. And as you said, you know, the, you have these groups uh, called comparsas, which are basically carnival choirs, mm -hmm. uh, singing these types of songs called chirigotas, which are these satirical, the super witty and creative uh, uh, songs uh, that basically uh, what they, they, they use almost as like protest songs to expose 
hypocrisy in society, corruption by the political classes, to make fun of those who take themselves too seriously, mm -hmm. uh, to ridicule the wealthy and the powerful. And, and in, in some ways, really, very often they become like very subtle cries for justice mm. uh, and yeah. for freedom. And it, they reminded me of a little bit some of the carnivals in Trinidad and Tobago mm -hmm. that have this tradition of, of singing songs that are all, they call them emancipation songs, you know, freedom yeah. songs. Yeah. These are protest songs that this is a one time in the year when people often would hide behind a mask, take a different persona and will say things as, as they see. Yes, and these shows, of course, they had their most spectacular costumes. Oh, they're and, and not quite disguises, but masks come into it as well. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. They're, they're as good as a West End production in London, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. And, and they do spend months, you know, they're, they're, they prepare these costumes and these uh, songs and the lyrics and the music for months before. Well, they start know. immediately, Carnival finishes for the next year, Correct. don't they? Yes. And, and this year they haven't been short of material in terms of <laughs> politicians' ridicule and situations here in Spain and I guess the rest of the world that oh, yes. are really up in the air, yeah. The things with these comparsas, these types of um, carnival satirical songs, is that in a way, it's the one time in the year when it's no longer the, the politicians and the, those in power who normally would control the narrative, as, as, mm -hmm. we, know, as we would say these days, uh, through the media, yeah. but it's ordinary people that sort of stand out, sort of ordinary folk who have the chance to share their own narrative of events, mm -hmm. uh, to tell things as they see it, and to be heard, because everybody is, you know, paying attention to what they say. Yeah. So th these are, I guess, subversive. This is one of the subversive uh, aspects of Carnival mm. uh, through music. And does it remind you of anything... Maybe in the Bible? Well, it comes back to that, the quiet day we did, and I can't remember exactly which, when it was, but it was around Christmas, the whole Christmas kind of Mary's song and the Magnificat, Magnificat isn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah, that's a great example of that. So, yeah. It's not the only protest song in the Bible, though. Oh, so my goodness. There's plenty. The, the, I mean, especially the Old Testament, the Hebrew Bible, mm -hmm. is full of those protest songs. Yeah. Uh, from Moses to Isaiah, in the Psalms, you see mm -hmm. them, in, mm -hmm. in other prophets, in Amos, in so Daniel. You see these protest songs. It's, it's a bit like Mary's Magnificat, mm -hmm. where she sings about a new world in which God turns things upside down yeah. so that the powerful and the proud and the rich are debunked and the powerless and the humble and the poor are lifted up. Mm -hmm. And not just that, but they are lavished with great riches. Yeah. So, yes, indeed. So this is, this is a, an element of that type of carnival and an element of carnival, I suppose, because carnival's the sort of great equaliser, isn't it? Yeah. Um, everyone takes part and... Yeah. Also, that, that is a key element of the Venice carnival, which mm -hmm. we'll now talk about. 
one of the oldest carnivals in Europe, yeah. thought to date back from, well, it is certainly from the Middle Ages, probably from the 1100s. Yeah. And it had a brief pause in the late 1800s until the middle of the 1900s. But in general, it's run for several hundred years. And a key feature of the Venice carnival is the wearing of masks. Indeed. And beautifully crafted masks. Amazing masks. There's lots of different types of masks. Um, they all have their own special name and they used to be very specialist mask makers. Of course. Who, yeah. who lived and worked in Venice. That's a bit of a dying trade now because they mass manufacture them and all of these kinds of things. But the mask was to go with your whole costume. And of course, wearing a mask gets rid of your own identity to some extent yeah. and gives you a new identity. Mm-hmm. And this was a very big thing in the Venice Carnival. Venice Carnival actually allowed you to start, in the Middle Ages, allowed you to start wearing a mask from Boxing Day, the 26th of December. You are joking. No, all the way up to Shrove Tuesday. Oh my goodness. And you might wear your mask and costume for several weeks or or for all of that time because it was the great leveller. It allowed you, if you were from a... It was a very stratified... uh, Society, yeah, yeah, very hierarchical Venetian yeah. society, and your mask and your costume allowed you to break all of those hierarchies. So, if you were from a lower, sort of lower end of society, you could go to places that you previously or normally wouldn't be allowed to go to, and vice versa. It's amazing. It is amazing, and there were, I mean, there were some things because it was so prolific mask wearing. There were some things you weren't allowed to do in your mask. For example, going to a convent. <laughs> Um, and <laughs> to in, scare the nuns absolutely in some places you in order to gamble you had to wear a mask okay and in some places you weren't allowed to wear a mask so there so, were specific very specific rules around what you could and couldn't do with the mask yes indeed and so this was all part of the Venice uh, carnival but the, I think the mask is an interesting thing uh, because of this ability to be somebody else which is yeah. also part of carnival more widely because even in rio and other places all mm. this donning of costumes and things it allows you to have a slightly different personality or maybe a personality that you you wish to project more of the year that you can't project or you feel you can't project and yeah i want to say something about that in a minute okay yes. so I, I i think that this this is another interesting dimension of uh, carnival as well i i think you're right and i think for me the amazing thing about this uh, notion of wearing masks is it's also connected with the uh, invisible masks that we all wear throughout the year that we put on to impress others or, or pretend to be someone else uh, and and this one time of the year carnival you can take off those masks mm-hmm. and uh, put on another one that perhaps resemble more your true self I don't know yes uh, and this is one of the uh, amazingly liberating things about a carnival. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think <clears throat> behind the mask, you can let your hair down, as, as, as they say, yeah. uh, have no inhibitions. You can be yourself for, for a day, can't you? Yeah, a day or, in the case of Venice, months. Yes, <laughs> so, <laughs> a couple of months before. Yeah. Uh, I remember when I was growing up in a small town here in Andalusia back in the 80s, was it? You know, born in the 70s, but you know, in the 80s and 90s, particularly, we had a big carnival in my hometown. Every well, every town had its own carnival. Okay. But um, I remember this was uh, 
the time of the one day of the year or week really because it went for for a few days when men could dress up as women mm-hmm. and women could dress up as men yeah. without anyone judging or caring mm-hmm. so th- this was the one time of the year when closeted gay men in particular or closeted lesbians uh, were able to express their feminine or masculine side as it were mm-hmm. through uh you know through wearing these uh costumes mm-hmm. and and these new personas and amazingly you know the one thing they couldn't do through the year yeah which was to be themselves mm-hmm. they could do this one day of the year yes and also because of the anonymity oh, but of course yes because i guess some people well you know if you do it well enough if you yeah. dress up well enough people don't know who you are no 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 but but even if they can tell it, it's okay yeah. No, but you're right. The anonymity was funny. I remember when <laughs> one year, I remember dressing up as a, a very famous um, female TV presenter. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was a very glamorous one. I, I, I wore one of my mom's dresses and I bought the mask, that full head rubber mm-hmm. mask yep. that uh, only had these little holes on the eyes that you could hardly see through them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're walking, you're parading through the streets with thousands of other people all dressed up in different things and you would stop in front of people that um that, that you knew and that knew you yeah. and you start doing funny things in front of them and no one would know who you were no no one could guess but and it's the amount of people doing it as well yeah. isn't it you're trying constantly trying to guess yeah. who, who is who isn't doing yeah this that or the other but it was a, a deeply satisfying and liberating thing to yeah. be able to stand in front of someone else doing something really silly yeah uh, pretending to be someone else not that i aspire to be this woman at all but mm. it was a fun thing to do and not having anybody being able to work out who you were yeah no that is that is part of carnal this anonymity this able to be able to celebrate something you are or aren't anonymously and 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 lack of judgment yeah i suppose when you think about that in terms of lent as well you then go to a very self-reflective if you're from a christian tradition period before holy week and easter and it's you know it's the ease of the reverse it's the opposite of that isn't it yeah absolutely but i don't think mask where it's not just about sexuality but it's about many other things though as well isn't it it's people pretending to be or projecting to the world around them it it's something about sort of honesty and truth and integrity and mm. these kinds of sort of elements as well isn't it I, I, yeah it's yeah. So, so the the whole idea of wearing masks, we're not now talking about carnival, but mm. we're talking about those invisible masks that we wear through the year. Yeah. And not ha, be, being brave enough, you know, having the courage mm. to take off those masks, yeah. which all of us wear to yeah. to some extent, uh, because deep down we we tend to there are parts of us that we hide, you know, uh, in front of others and. And those things, those masks, those invisible masks that we wear uh, through the year, I guess, as you say, you know, may- maybe Carnival can help us mm. to think about those masks, to acknowledge yes. those masks that yeah. we wear yeah. in order to become more truthful, mm-hmm. I guess, yeah. uh, to live with a bit more integrity, mm-hmm. to be who we truly are. Yeah. Um, it reminds me a little bit of those words of Jesus that, you know, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Mm. You know, the truth about yourself, about who you are, yeah. will set you free. Mm-hmm. Knowing the truth about uh, who God is, knowing God intimately, uh, will set you free. Mm. And, and knowing the truth about the world that we live in, 
being aware, having our eyes open, being awake to the world that we live in uh, will, will set us free. So that truth, that especially at a time in history where we live surrounded by so many, I don't know, alternative truths. Alternative truths or outright lies, I suppose, in many cases as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think truth is such a, an important uh, thing to live by. And mm. if we can all live that truth ourselves, if we can be brave and courageous to acknowledge our own masks mm. and, and courageous enough to take them off, then, then we, we can be freer and, and we can be bolder mm. and we could be more fearless as people, couldn't we? Yes, indeed. And more authentically ourselves. Yeah. Not just one week, one day of the year. Mm-hmm. So is this what Carnival is trying to teach us, do you think? Perhaps. Perhaps it is. One of the things, definitely one of the things. Thank you for listening to Costa del Sol Cafe. We hope you've enjoyed this week's conversation and we look forward to sharing together again soon.